This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah and this is the 300th episode of the talk time live prime show podcast i am very happy and blessed to be able to do another milestone of this show and it's done quite a few and it's i believe seven year journey now and i couldn't be more happy this has been a blessing you know based upon a lot of hard work that went into it but the results have blessed me with so many great opportunities so many wonderful people to meet uh, along the way and just a lot of fun you know through hard work and i always say you got to work hard to have fun if anybody out there is trying to do their dreams or whatever like that it can happen it can really happen you can get through if you have a plan and a purpose and a passion to go along with it. So, you know, I, I I'm grateful for the last 300 episodes because this is, it, it went a long way. I went through a hell of a lot to get to this point. Um, you know, I at one point I did have a I had five people on the show <laughs> at some point, and that exactly didn't fall through as much as I wanted to do. Like we wanted, I wanted us to be like the the East Coast version of RDC World in this case and it just didn't it doesn't go like you got to have people that you could trust and rely on and you know is really in it with you and that's why i always commend those dudes i love the rdc world guys because they they're a group of guys who are friends and they all are about the same fandoms and everything and they all are about putting in the work and i think you know when i spoke to those guys briefly at the naruto panel 
2019, you know, I, I embraced that. It was like, I, I understood exactly what they're doing, how they're doing it and what efforts and energy that they brought into it. And it shows like, if you really are passionate about it and you really have a fan, a fandom for something, it shows and they show. And that's why now they even have their own convention, you know, something I never really wanted to. And I knew one of my old, um, co-hosts, he was just all about trying to get the money. And I'm like, all right, that's all good and all, but like, let's just enjoy it for what it is, but also put it in the work to get to that point. If there is going to be that point, I just want to have a good show. Uh, if it goes there, it goes there, but unfortunately it didn't, but it, it in itself, it going to its own direction. And it was, I was able to get the words, the letters, I should say, ACMG in the mouths of many of your favorite actors, developers, recording artists, um, you name it. I mean, they, they've said it, you know, they've been a part of it. And again, I couldn't be more blessed and not only just to be blessed about this being the 300th episode, but within this 300th episode, we are going to review Spider-Man no way home. Holy beep. <laughs> There's so much to unravel. Let me tell you something too. I'm on a second tank of empty right now. And that is the reason being is because I didn't really, I only got three hours of sleep. That was my choice because so much happened in that movie. I needed to unpack it and I could not sleep because I was just thinking about how I'm going to talk about this movie on this show and unravel everything that I witnessed on that movie. It was a lot. And it was, I, I don't want to get into, it. I'm going to say that for the talk topic of the week, the final talk topic of 2021, I might add. Uh, on a 300th episode, we got a lot of talking to talk about. There's some things to definitely unravel and some things you might not have even noticed either. So um, we're going to get down on all that. But before we do that and before we go into the next segment and find out what's new in the world of our favorite fandoms, I want to give a big shout out to my man Mega Ran once again. Every time, another milestone made by this gentleman. So I'm honored to have him as the voice that introduces this show. We talked about him yeah, uh, adopting a, a kid recently. And, you know, that's absolutely fantastic. You can't have a better gift for the holidays than that. Um, but now his book, which uh, he he uh, released uh, about a year, almost been, almost been about a year ago. Uh, Dream Masters is his memoir talking about his life and how he got to this point that he's at now. Highly recommend that to anybody. If you're if you like reading uh, hardcover or even digital, which is available on uh, Amazon, Kindle and whatnot. But uh, I believe also it might be I, I'm not sure, but it might be also um, Apple. Uh, I got to check that out, but it's, it's it's available digital as well. But if you're also a person like me who likes Audible, which Talk Time Live is also a part of, you'll be happy to know that his book, his memoir, Dream Master, is now on Audible. Not only does he narrate everything word for word from the book, but for wrestling fans, you're going to get a double treat because the forward is done by none other than Austin Creed, aka Xavier Woods from the WWE and host of G4 as well. He does a beautiful 
dope, awesome forward for Mega Ran himself and talks about how he um, those two met and how he caught on to his music and everything and went on from there. So the thing I love about Raheem or Mega Ran for that matter is that when ever he makes another milestone in his life, it, it, it makes me more proud to ever get to know him, to ever, you know, have him cross my road and to be able to for have him to do what he's done for me him and k murdoch to that uh for that matter so i mean they both get nods for what they've done for this show and bringing the quality that this show provides now because we came a long way <laughs> this show has come a long way and they help bring on the next level of this show thanks to them with that awesome theme song that they put together uh for me so uh and that is funny too because i just text i literally just text um mega ran or raheem for those who know him um about the audible the audible the audible see it's one thing to enjoy the reading of it but audible spoils you because not only you got somebody reading it for you but if you got the actual person who wrote it reading it for you they do whatever they want like if it's kevin hart you know kevin hart's gonna joke and, and take liberties or whatever but then you got mega ran who also you know he's on stage he he's an entertainer he does a lot of great impressions on this book as well it is pretty awesome but the other thing that i love about this book too because he's from philly and he was around philly during the 80s so for me it brought a lot of nostalgia to it because i know what was going on around the way and around the hood in uh in the 80s but he does it he chronicles it he chronicles the events very intricate and significant events that went on philadelphia history during that time in 80s like um the you know president uh, not say president uh mayor wilson good back then our, our former president who many people around the united states knows about him and his actions involving the move project which was a devastating project that he dropping a bomb on many people and it was it was really devastating but during that time while he's chronicling that he's also talking about what he was doing during that time as a kid um during those significant eras of a time and there's a lot of relatable things that i recognize from him and there's some things that i you know there's some things that we we have same upbringings but different paths and it's it's just awesome to hear that somebody else has gone through some of the same things that you've gone through is like like you're really not alone in these cases and you know just to have it being able to put it in writing is awesome i did you know a, a part of speaking to him via text uh, as well i also uh told him like dude we gotta you gotta come back on the show whenever you get any type of free time he's got a lot of work to do right now he just got a new kid and you know it's the holiday season so around 2022 we're gonna work on getting him back on because i want to just talk about the book um and his journey and then you know we we kind of trade notes on our experiences here in philadelphia as well so i'm looking forward to talking with him and having him back on the show about that because it's it's major this is going to be a different type of show and conversation that he had because it's really interesting but go out anyway check out dream master by raheem jarbo aka Megaran. it's on audible right now if you're on the road if you're jogging running whatever like that this is a great 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 buy if you got credits on your audible invest a credit on that you will not be disappointed right there so all right like i said we got some um things to talk about in our next segment and of course we got our talk topic which is spider-man no way home 
So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So honestly, we cannot talk about Spider-Man No Way Home on our talk topic of the week without talking about Hawkeye because there is a connection to both the shows. And I look, we've been we've people have been talking about it. I haven't talked about it on the show, surprisingly, but people have been talking about the presence of one Wilson Fisk possibly being on the show and being a part of what's going on in the world of Hawkeye right now. This recent episode entitled Ronin really gave us everything we needed to know and it really stepped things up and it also gave us hints of who we might see in Spider-Man No Way From Home and it was pretty evident here. So look, because I didn't get that much sleep, I was able to write my notes down and I'm on a second take of empty. So hopefully I will get through this, but I, I really needed to get all this out of my head. So that's why I only got three hours of sleep and started writing the show like I did. Um, I was gonna do the show tomorrow, uh, on Monday, but Monday, Monday, first thing Monday morning, I'm going to go get my booster shot. So I highly recommend everybody to do so, um, you know, in, in hindsight of that, but I'm going to get my booster. So there's a chance that I may be out of action for quite a while, <laughs> for like at least a day. Um, and I didn't want to do what I did last time because last time I got the vaccine, the second vaccine, I did a show immediately and I could feel the effects starting to happen, but managed to get through that show the last time I'm, I was thinking about doing it again, but I'm like, nope, let me just get through this. Uh, let me do this now uh, late in the day and, uh, get this done. But I digress. These notes that I got are very thorough. I, I fully trust in them. So let's get down to it. All right. So my thoughts on the reveal of Wilson Fisk on this week's episode of Hawkeye entitled Ronin. The wonder and rumors can now be put to rest as we witness the return of Vincent D. Onfrio as Wilson Fisk, AKA Kingpin. Let me tell you, when I saw that scene, I went crazy. <laughs> I absolutely went bananas on, on, like, on the screen. Like it was like Friday morning. And I scream like the Phillies, like the Phillies or the Eagles won the super um, or the or the Sixers won like their championship series. It was that awesome. Or a new title won in a wrestling. I don't know. You know, stuff like that. Um, I was so awesome. It was just a little picture, but it it was definite. It was him. It's what we wanted to see, and and it, and all his glory of the white suit and everything. This is awesome. So we learned that Kate Bishop's mother, Eleanor, is not only working with Fisk, but also was the one who hired Yelena Romanoff to kill Clint Barton. Now, let's take note here. This still doesn't tell us her affiliation with Valentino, um, played by, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, Elaine from Seinfeld, Julia Louise Dreyfus. We still don't know what she's doing with her, but it's, you know, or whether Fisk went to Valentina to hire Yelena. So there, we still have to find that out. That's still in the open. Because if you guys remember the end credit of uh, Black Widow, 
She met up with her, said she had some job to her, and showed her the files that involved Clint Barton, which means a part of what was going on was from that. So I don't know if we'll get that reveal on the series finale or whatnot, but we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, before we got that reveal, we are rewarded with a very entertaining encounter with Kate and Yelana as she came to her burnt out apartment in search of Clint Barton. The two had a had a strangely bonding moment over some box macaroni. Um, Flores Pugh has really got into this role and has made her made it her own. I almost like Yelana better than Natasha. I feel like she is very, I mean, she has a lot more personality than her. And it's not to say that um, Natasha didn't, but Natasha was, you know, she had a lot of sex appeal and, 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 and um, condescending sex appeal and, and, and personality to that end. Whereas Yelena is all of that, plus she's funny. <laughs> she brings a comedic side to this whole thing too. Almost like their father, you know, Rick, uh, Rick Guardian. And uh, it, it's it's really, I love her. I love this character. While definitely proving she is worthy of a Black Widow assassin, she has also provided a lot of comedy and charisma with this and um, something that Natasha absolutely didn't have. Um, we also saw Kate finally convince Ellen, um, Eleanor, you know, Kate's mom, uh, to do a background check on Jack as she learned that he is working as a CEO for a company called Sloan LTD, which is in fact a front for the uh, tracksuit mafia, meaning he's kind of the head general or commander of that, you know, mafia. So she wanted to find it out. She uh, arrests him. I don't know to what end and when he's going to come back. He claims that, you know, he's going to come back within the afternoon and uh, have dinner or whatever like that. Uh, more reveals occur in this episode as we got to debut a bombshell. And here as well, who is a cop that is a part of a LARP, a live action role playing guild that Clint participated in episode two. And it's very interesting that they did that. And it looks like this is going to be the ultimate universe, possibly version of it, because she had she was kind of wearing the same colors as the ultimate universe uh, bombshell that we've seen in the Spider-Man Ultimate Spider-Man series. So I, I think that's what they're aiming for. But she is. Uh, an African-American uh, character that they kind of, um, you know, did a character change, a character swap, if you will, or a race swap, if you will, all of her. And, you know, she has, she's uh, engaged to uh, her girlfriend, or she's involved with a girlfriend or such. So there's a lot of play in that as well. But I'm looking forward. She's, they're planning the seeds with that character. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next. Um, I'm pretty sure that's just not a one-time thing. So the Guild is not only helping Clint and Kate out uh, with, you know, everything that they need, but they're also working on their new suits, which they see, they are teasing Clint possibly wearing the classic Hawkeye costume from the comics next week in the series finale. We, uh, we will get to a full debut of Kingpin. So I I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to seeing if Clint is going to wear that costume because here's the thing. And I think I've read an article on IGN where they started, you know, thinking that, and I agree because then when I when I read that, I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I it, I don't want to reveal too much, but there's some ideas of that on on Spider-Man No Way Home. There's some ideas of that uh, that already came in WandaVision. Um, if 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well kind of played on it. So it looks like they maybe if if he if if Clint is gonna actually wear the actual costume with mask and everything and H on it. This is going to be very interesting because they're um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the uh, phase four is going into a whole new visual cosmetic direction here that mimics the comics. That is what is believed. And there's some ideas of that happening. So uh, either way, this series has been fantastic. I love Hawkeye. I didn't think I was going to love Hawkeye as great as I did. And I don't think anybody did. We didn't know what to expect, but not only is this a great series, another great Marvel studio series, but this is also now a great Christmas special that you can watch annually because the whole thing is, is it's blatantly Christmas theme, whereas like some things were just unofficial, like Die Hard or whatnot. Um, no, this one was meant to be a Christmas action series. So I'm all, I'm okay with rewatching this, you know, all the time, but also with the fact that Wilson Fisk is in there as well, AKA the Kingpin and another, which I will talk about in their talk topic. There's going to be a sudden need to watch Netflix even more now. <laughs> tell you what. So like seeing Kingpin on here on this show, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, he's on here. It's they officially shown that he's a part of this universe still, which gotta mean there's, other people that we're absolutely looking forward to seeing also still a part of this universe because when they canceled daredevil everybody thought that was a wrap and they gave up on the ips and all the stuff and the netflix series and everything that is not the case and i am very happy and i'm sure every lot of other people are happy about this as well it was sad because you know when they did cancel all of the netflix series it was crushing to a lot of people who really love watching at least if all else they did finish the daredevil series they you know they had to start they had an absolutely phenomenal second season with punisher who's also still a part of the universe and then on top of that they managed to close it out with um daredevil you know getting kingpin in uh, jail so it worked out it worked out for that but jessica jones was kind of cut cold uh luke cage was kind of cut cold and of course iron fist which was very much the weaker of everything not the worst still not the worst uh marvel uh studios film i mean or a series or project that they worked on i still kind of give that lean at over to the inhumans and people so seldomly forget about inhumans because it, it just looked like they lacked so much to that and the way that they presented the present the way they presented that series was just so in the wrong way so I, I we'll see we'll see but it's just there are happy days coming for those who love the netflix series absolutely so moving on to anime news uh jump fest 2021 has occurred and they showcase some new shonen jump trailers including a new dragon ball uh, superhero trailer i believe this looks like the same trailer that we saw in, in New York Comic Con, but there's a little bit more footage to it. Um, there's a what it looks like that could be Gotenks, but older. With um, he's where he's wearing he's wearing uh, the old Gohan outfit that Piccolo gave, but it kind of looks like the hair looks like Goku, which means it could be Gotenks, but he's now grown up and he's now a teenager. So it looks like this could be based on years later, or 
that could be Gohan. I'm not sure. They didn't really exactly reveal who this guy was, but there's also, they're going back to the Red Ribbon Army, uh, you know, situation. There's a new Android that they're going to be facing off now as well. So that's going to be interesting. There, um, a lot more to be revealed, but I am very much looking forward to this movie. It looks absolutely awesome. Um, hopefully they will hit this. Uh, it, it has to, because My Hero Academia, World Heroes Mission, did a great number in terms of box office, uh, you know, pro, uh, profit that, uh, when it hit all the theaters. So it's no way in hell that, that Dragon Ball will not either. I, I just can't see it. Um, another big reveal was Bleach Thousand Year War, which is something that we spoke about. Uh, if you guys have watched the Repop Metaverse panel that I did um, for Repop, that we talked about that on a Bleach panel when I talked with the cast. And we, while we didn't exactly talk about their part in there or whether they would actually, you know, reprise their roles, which they would be, you know, I would say Viz would be fools not to add the original cast to this. They can't say it, even if they know they can. You know, NDAs, we didn't want to go through that. You know, they have NDAs a lot of times. A lot of the guests that I have when they have upcoming projects coming, you can't really talk about it. You know, I don't want to put nobody's job on the line just to get a, a scoop. That it's not that's not what, what Talk Time Live is about. Or even anything that I even do. But they were talking about how excited they were that it was returning and coming back. So I, I think that chances are they are gonna be a part of that. But they couldn't say it. So and I totally understand, but it was awesome that they were at least talking about how great and understanding and, 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 and um, appreciative they, they were that this was coming back. And it looks beautiful. The artwork, the animation, it looks better than ever. I am looking forward to seeing this. And um, look, we're going to get back to this. I, I, I love what's going on here. So um, we'll see what's happening. I didn't I know there was other news around, but those were the two biggest things that they kind of it was kind of out there and people were trending about it was bleach and dragon ball superheroes so uh i would you know if you want to look for more go to viz uh viz.com or go to viz's you know social media platforms to see what else was presented there as well so real quick for those who don't know season two of the witcher also premiered on friday as well and i've been enjoying it so far i've watched at least a few episodes of it um and it is Every bit is awesome as the first season so far, and it looks like they're going on with the with the storyline of Siri becoming um, a witcher, which is awesome. And she's now, you know, stepping up and trying to train and everything. So it, which is great because they, they went back into the compound that the witchers go to. And I swear to goodness, I love this because it looked every bit like um, like the video game of wild hunt uh witcher 3 to wild hunt which i played and i i really 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 enjoyed watching that episode and it looked ex almost exactly like it in a sense and they had all the training you know situations which um henry cavill's uh gerald was training in and all the stuff and i love it I, i'll tell you what i want one of those medallions i want one of those witcher medallions i think they're dope <laughs> they are awesome if i i gotta find where to, they can find the replicas of those that uh, I really, I really, I, I like the fact that each one of them have a different medallion that they wear. I don't like the fact that Geralt is so, in, in comparison to a lot of the other ones, his is kind of plain in, in comparison. But 
I'm really, I'm, I was really excited. Uh, I just, I think I got all the way up to the part where Trish made her um, debut as well. And the Bard is now reappeared back into the series as well because he met up with, um, with Yennefer. Uh, so I'm really up at that part, but so far so good. I think there's eight episodes this season, but they're great. And there's also more content that I didn't know about too. If you go, um, I think if you scroll your remote control down or whatever like that, they Netflix has set up an entire series of different type of video clips and, and uh, segments where you could watch the making of, you know, uh, The Witcher season one and two and the behind the scenes stuff. It's just all cool, you know, content that will keep you along even after watching the seasons. So, you know, good job on Netflix for that. At least they're getting that right. While while screw keep while continuing to screw up all the anime live action films, and of course I talked about the uh, that they're working on a make a live action Mega Man uh, video a movie coming soon to Netflix. So, oh good lord, you know you can't win them all. I guess when it comes to Netflix, what can you do? So, all right, folks, guess what? That's all I have for our talk for what's new in the world of ACMG. I didn't have so much and I didn't want to talk about too much because I want to get straight to this movie. So we're going to take a break, come back and we're going to talk all things Spider-Man No Way Home, the final MCU movie, at least for this saga. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week of this 300th episode of our show to review Spider-Man No Way Home, the third installment of the MCU Spidey saga just may be, in fact, the greatest of them all. And I'm not just talking about all of the Spider-Man MCU sagas. I mean, every single Spider-Man movie that has ever come about since 2002. This movie gave fans literally everything a Spider-Man film fan can love no matter which version you feel was the best. This movie was brilliantly designed and written to please fans of all the movies and make them all matter. The story of this, as we all know, which I, by the way, I love the fact this was an easy pick up and enjoy type of story here. The story picks up right after, or I should say the story picks up where we left off 
from Far From Home, where uh, Spider-Man's identity was revealed by J. Jonah Jameson after Mysterio manipulated footage, making it appear like Peter was plotting to destroy everyone in Paris when he was actually saving them from Quentin Beck himself. This led to Peter now being in the eyes of the world and with it, the consequences of having people know your secret identity, as well as the people associated with you. This turned out to be a mess for him. And you know, for those who don't know, who haven't read the original comic books, this is taking from two different comics. One was from Civil War. The other uh, was probably gonna be from, obviously from one, you know, one more day. The one book I refused to read because this was John Joe Cusada's way of getting rid of the relationship of uh, Mary Jane and Peter Parker. The beloved, like one of the greatest couples of all time in comic books. Like for some reason, one guy, one vocal minority and a very powerful vocal minority decided that he didn't like the MJ and Peter storyline. So in order to do that, he added Mephisto in there. He manipulated Peter into trying to save uh, Aunt May to, and this is all in the comics. And he tried, in order to save Aunt May, he had to sacrifice the relationship of him and MJ. And Mephisto disguised himself as a little girl. And the even creepier part about this is that the little girl that he was pretending to be was actually what the, what the daughter of Mary Jane and Peter was going to look like had they stayed together. How demented can you be? But he is kind of, Mephisto is a devil. So let me go fig. Um, that was that was jaded and dark right there. So this this cause and effect from the movie of this reveal uh, of, of his identity being revealed led to him, MJ and Ned being denied a lot of opportunities, especially when it comes to them attending colleges in particular. Uh, MIT, which is something that they've always wanted to do right anyway, a, a, a opportunity that actually Peter had when he was when Stark was alive because Stark was going to vouch for him to get into MIT. Somehow, some way that just fell through. They never got into that and no more Tony Stark, unfortunately. So I don't know to what end that led but this situation did not help it either. Um, who, you know, so Peter feeling bad about the outcome and, and Aunt May and everybody else was affected by it in their own way too because um, the cops, you know, kind of was going to, you know, blame her for neg uh, child negligence and, 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 and supporting and embedding, you know, Peter into being Spider-Man and whatnot. So they, they said they we're going to need a lawyer. And did they get a lawyer indeed? And we'll talk about that in a few. <laughs> so Peter feeling bad about the outcome. And he wanted to try to find a way to make people forget that he was Spider-Man. He had one person in mind and who better to make that happen than Dr. Strange himself. Strange agrees to do the spell that would uh, do just that, but things go awry when Peter kept tampering with the Strange, with Strange's spell, creating an anomaly that opened up a multiverse of villains from other Earths, in particular, other Spider-Man movies. The now Peter has to find a way to send back Green Goblin, Doc Ock, Sandman out from from Spider-Man one and two and three and the Lizard and Electro from Amazing Spider-Man one and two 
in order to restore order back into the multiverse. So that is the story going on right there. Um, first, I'm going to talk about favorite favorite moments in a the film. Then we're going to talk about uh, cast performances that I thought. And of course, the end credit scenes. So, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of that, but I'm telling you, man, I, whew, my goodness, this was overwhelmingly good in all aspects. I really enjoyed this movie so much. Um, I got to tell you, it, this was just, they, you know, what's funny. This movie was able to achieve what the other Spider-Man movies failed to do. And when Spider-Man three came out, they had the other, they had the Hobgoblin was, which was, uh, the other, um, Harry, uh, Osborne, they had Sandman and they had Venom and trying to interact all these together. And I think Sam Raimi had a hard time trying to, you know, juggle all those together, but the MCU, they've already practiced this from Joss Whedon, you know, say what you will about Joss Whedon, but he kind of created the formula of how to balance multiple characters at once. And that worked out even better when, um, you know, the, the, uh, I was about to say Wachowski's now when, um, the Russo brothers came out and they kind of took that and rock with it even bigger when they did civil war and then they did, um, infinity war. And then they went out and did, you know, end game. So this, this whole entire formula is really well done here. And they, they did a really good job. John Watts, who has been working on all three, um, Spider-Man films has, and I believe he's going to be working on the other three films coming after this, just tremendous. Absolutely. Um, everybody did a great job here, but let's talk about, cause we'll get to the performances, uh, definitely, but I got to talk about these favorite moments here. And I talked about the fact that they needed a lawyer. They got a lawyer and there was a scene after, you know, um, Aunt May or May, you know, was talking with the cops and said, you're going to have to lawyer up. So they go back to this scene after, you know, at happy's, um, hidden spot and you see this cane and immediately, immediately, because there's always been rumors of this happening. There's been a lot of talk about this, but we weren't sure whether this was going to happen, but that cane said enough. And I'm telling you, I was the first one to go off at, at, at movie tavern in flower town over there. Cause that's where we went to go uh, see it. We saw the cane, the camera panned around and we heard the voice and I started clapping immediately cause I already knew who it was. And then when people saw Charlie Cox face the entire theater lit up and we got Matt Murdock really officially in the MCU. I mean, like he was never not in the MCU, but they, what the thing, what the problem was with the daredevil films is like, they made mentions of things that were going on in the movies and other places and even agents of shield to that matter. But, um, we never saw the actual media connection. Like Hawkeye was the first to really kind of kick it off, but we really got it here. Matt Murdock, the lawyer for Peter Parker, representing Peter Parker and everybody in their case, which was great about this is that this is what Matt Murdock was doing in the in the original comics. He wasn't just a lawyer. He was the lawyer for every superhero. And we finally get to see Matt Murdock represent a superhero because he never did that in the series. He didn't do that in the beginning of the series. He now was able, he, for the first time ever, he's representing an actual superhero in their case. And it was awesome. What was also awesome about that scene is the fact that because everybody hated Peter, they were 
you know, doing anything to, you know, vilify him. A brick was thrown into the uh, into the apartment. Matt Murdock, without even looking because he's blind, but he has his, his radioactive senses, caught it immediately and even surprised Peter. <laughs> and and uh, everybody involved in made everybody looked at him like, he like, whoa, how did you do that? He like, I told you, you're, you uh, hired a good lawyer. <laughs> it was so awesome to see that. And in fact, I guarantee you, by the end of this week, we're going to see a hike in Daredevil on Netflix. I guarantee you, I'm definitely going to be binging Daredevil again and all of them because now they all matter. They now all, I mean, they, they should have always mattered, but we finally got them to come together. Daredevil came out in 2018 to huge acclaim from fans and critics alike and when they canceled it it was just it bummed everybody out we didn't think that they was just going to throw it away but it looks like they they stuck to their guns and they've been doing that for quite a bit um within this the, uh the new phase four of this so it's really awesome that they're doing this we saw also you know phil Coulson return on marvel's what if so they still recognize him and and clark Gregg as well in there so um Kudos to them for doing that because everybody loved Charlie Cox's portrayal of Matt Murdock and Daredevil. He, he felt legit and he gelled really well with being around Peter and all those guys as well. So absolutely phenomenal scene. Uh, Ned able to open up portals to find Peter Parker only. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you something about this. All right. So you got the after this was right after Aunt May passed away, which was so devastating we'll talk about that in a minute but we go and they trying to find peter because he's been gone uh after the events of may and all of a sudden he still has uh dr strange's ring that he does to open portals so he opens he manages to learn how to open portals but it, instead of opening up where he found his peter parker he found another peter parker in the form of andrew garfield and the crowd went like the audience went crazy for this. I think mostly too, because not only because it was great to see Andrew Garfield in here and they're actually, you know, acknowledging that universe, but you knew, you just knew Andrew Garfield is officially showing. And this was another rumor of people wondering that this was going to happen. And, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was the worst secret kept at the same time, but you know, you weren't really exactly sure whether this was actually going to happen because Marvel could have went about it any way they want and still probably would have made it great, but they gave the fans what they want. But you knew when you saw Andrew Garfield, there was no doubt you were going to see Peter Parker prime. And that's exactly what happened. Ned once again, tried to open it to see if he could get Peter Parker back. And instead we get Peter Parker prime. Toby Maguire makes an appearance the we in our theater in our absolutely beautiful reclining seat theater where food is brought to us and we're served greatly and by the way shout out to um to movie tavern this time around this is probably the best movie tavern um appearance that i've actually went to like our food was there on time everything was there on time we you know we ordered the food in advance and had it needed had it to come out within a certain time it was all on point it was every much on point. Kudos to Marcus Theaters and, and Movie Tavern for that. But when Tobey Maguire came out, everybody went crazy. Every dude, let me tell you something. 
I still think is weird for me because I didn't get emotional when May when May passed away. When she and maybe it was because I didn't I wasn't convinced that she died, even if she literally died um, in that scene. I didn't get emotional. I got emotional when I saw Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come in as their respective Peter Parker roles. And then on top of that, it that's what this was my Yondu moment again. They did it to me again. They there's a few times when I did this during a Marvel movie. Yondu's death. When when uh, Falcon when Sam Wilson called out to Cap, and he said on your left on Endgame, and right now, and, and with that scene, dude, I the emotions were just pouring out of this man. I was just I was. I was like, I cannot believe they actually did this. And this is so surreal. We got all three Spider-Men together for the first time in this multiverse of craziness. This also takes a uh, part into the comic book Spider-Men as well, too. So it kind of plays off of that, too, as well. But, you know, seeing the three Spider-Men interact with each other about their experiences and everything. That was another great scene as well. I mean, we were just rewarded and treated to a lot of things going on here. This also led to Tom Holland's Peter asking Toby's Peter about his organic web shooting ability, which Andrew's Peter also was interested in because they both have to use web cartridges. This is also funny a moment too when they all came in because they were in Ned's house and for the first time we got to see Ned's grandmother and his family and we get to see a little bit of a different side of Ned. And all these Spider-Men were coming in and they were trying to make sure that these were actual Peter Parkers and Spider-Mans and everything. And there was some great funny moments in there, especially with Andrew Garfield just, you know, hanging up on the ceiling and they wanted him to crawl out and do it. But the grandma was like, can you get these cobwebs and clean up all this mess in there? And they both were cleaning up all the mess while climbing on the walls and everything. It was an awesome spot. Um, but you had this situation going on. So they were asking about that. They also talked about the craziest villains that they, I mean, it was a, it was a really, it was kind of, you know, what's funny about that moment. It was like they were in some type of unofficial panel and they were all interviewing each other about, you know, what was going on. So we, it was like everything stopped for that one moment so we can get this little segment with these guys. And it just felt really organic and real. It was so awesome. They, um, you know, they talked about the craziest villains that they ever fought and both Toby and Andrews, uh, Parker were amazed that not only Tom Holland's Parker, for aliens, but he also traveled in space. Um, there was some. There was a great scene where Andrew Garfield started kind of downing himself because of his experience, and it was a playoff of how people felt that he was kind of the weakest uh, of the three Spider-Men, and how his really didn't go through it as much as the other two didn't go through. But Toby reminded him of how amazing he really was. And he kept repeating how amazing he was and he made sure he heard it. And it was a great moment because this was an absolute nod to fans who felt that Garfield was not the best of the bunch, but he still did a good job. He liked what the thing about the amazing Spider-Man movies that they weren't the best, but they weren't bad either. It was one of those situations like, okay, we had Tobey Maguire. Why do we need another Spider-Man? And since we already went through this spider-man and y'all didn't like it now you know marvel cinematic now marvel studios are going to do their version and try to correct what the other two didn't do wrong and they actually did it right but also by doing that they also brought the other two and acknowledged how awesome they were too in their own way and that's exactly what it did i thought it was absolutely brilliant and and it and well justified so um 
it, it was an it was definitely a nod to that and, and and they addressed it you know it was really cool and by the end i think people now have a a better feeling about each movie that you can now enjoy each movie on its own as is and one now cannot be compared better than the other because they all are acknowledged they are all a part of that world now so um and then you know we talk i talked briefly about this but aunt may dying it was I, sadly for some reason i it was definitely sad but it was like also I guess it didn't hit me. It was just one of those shockers of a moment, but it was definitely sad. This is the second time I've seen Out May Die. <laughs> the first time being on a PS4, the, the um, Insomniac game, where that one shocked the hell out of me. So maybe that's why I was kind of prepared for this one, because I already saw that one go down. But this one was kind of just, just deep on its own. So I just know that the minute that May said the that legendary quote to Peter um, that we've been waiting for for quite some, like they've they've opted out saying the this the saying with great power comes great responsibility as much as they were opting out to say avengers assemble for about 11 years they've never actually said avengers assemble until endgame that's an entire 11 year run of them not saying that phrase that everybody knows that's what they say they did the same thing for peter parker they never really talked about how he got the powers or uncle ben or anything in fact the funny thing is about this is that uncle ben is never acknowledged so it's almost like he didn't exist in his universe and may has taken the role of ben because she's the one that say with great power comes great responsibility so it was like okay they never acknowledged ben ever existing in this universe at all um and she ended up taking the role and ended up saying it and i knew when she said pretty much you knew that it was that was the end for her but she it was it was the end after being hit by norman osborne aka green goblin aka the ultra awesome and talented william defoe in almost the same fashion of when toby killed osborne in the first movie and that led to a whole bunch of situations of uh, you know tom holland's peter being very angry about the situation and those two happening to try to you know calm him down or you know come to terms with it because they all lost somebody in their own in their own universe you know uh andrews peter lost gwen uh toby lost his uncle ben from that point so they you know they had this situation with that um there was another awesome scene that kind of really went came back full circle for andrew garfield's um peter parker as well there was a scene where mj Zendaya uh, actually fell, you know, out of the um, Statue of Liberty because he was being chased by, by a lizard and Andrew Garfield immediately said, no, not this time. Because if you guys remember from Amazing Spider-Man, he lost out on saving Gwen Stacy, um, you know, and that was, God, that was such a devastating moment. I, I, that that moment is always hard to watch for me because, you know, it's, it's really similar to what they did in the comics, but they... She, they didn't snap her neck per se but they did a soft little nod to the head that like kind of just cracked her head and she died uh, you know immediately from that but he ended up he was able to save mj this time and when he caught her and he's you know mj's asking if she if he's okay but he's very emotional because he was able to save this mj and peter's love so he kind of felt like he was getting full circle this summer it was really well done in that scene um i, I really i really really loved it 
from there. The fight scene where Spidey went up against Dr. Octopus. Uh, Dr. Octopus. Well, that too. That was a great scene as well. Uh, Doc, uh, Dr. Strange, actually. Uh, and the mirror dimension. We got to see a little bit of Dr. Strange action as well from this uh, movie. As well. So you got Dr. Strange. And you got three Spider-Mans. And then you also have damn near the Sinister Six in there. You got virtually everybody except for maybe Mr. Negative or even um, the Vulture. You virtually almost had every single Sinister Six member in this, you know, one movie, which was something that Sony was setting, you know, Sony and uh, Pas Amy Pascal was trying to really do in their own way, but they were unable to do it for a lot of reasons. And um, we almost pretty got it here. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed that, but I also enjoyed this this uh, little, you know, good guy versus good guy battle with uh, Spidey and Doctor Strange and seeing Spider-Man be Spider-Man that we all know and is able to use his brain to figure out how to, you know, outmaneuver or outsmart Doctor Strange was really awesome because that's exactly the Spider-Man that we know. If you got last last big fight I've ever seen Spider-Man do against a powerful foe was the X-Men during the X-Men versus Avengers um, saga from back then. He outsmarted um, two X-Men that had the Phoenix Force in there and was able to defeat them without even really defeating them by force. But that's Peter Parker in itself. And that's why everybody loves Peter Parker. He's an underdog, but he manages to find a way to get through it. And he very much did so when he mathematically defeated Dr. Strange in this case. So um, then I want to lean on to this because I think a lot of people didn't pay attention to this or didn't realize this, whether they played the Insomniac game or not. But learning that May was working for Feast, which is the nonprofit company seen in the comics and recently on the Spider-Man game series uh, from Insomniac on the PlayStation 4 and 5. Feast is run by Martin Lee. Martin Lee, in fact, is Mr. Negative. The fact that they have Feast in this kind of led um, me to believe that Martin Lee may be possibly a future villain coming in. Um, that he also you know that, that that's the seeds are being planted now for him to appear and i think that's an awesome villain to bring into the new spider-man saga i don't i i think it's a great and if they're trying to do really trying to do the sinister six thing then this is just a good way to start and and to do it then so um i really like the fact that that so keep an eye on that feast deal because if you guys remember too feast was on on the insomniac game which was also part of the reason why there that out may of that universe passed away so it played on that so there's there's some seeds being planted for what's going to happen next on there i believe um and then of course you know peter uh, peter sacrificing himself to bring everything back to order which has led him to not being able to graduate from high school because nobody knows him He's, he there's no record of him at all for some reason and now he has to he as a result this genius of a kid is studying for his ged has to move on he doesn't have mj or ned in their life and they're going to mit but he has to start from scratch he doesn't have out may he doesn't have the avengers he now has to you know get his ged he has to you know start from scratch he lives in an abandoned crappy looking apartment there now this is the peter parker that we all knew from the comics so it looks like they're 
wiping out everything that's pretty much happening in a sense like spider-man still exists and they still recognize the things that he's done in in terms of the affinity wars and all that stuff but they don't know who he is but one thing is just noticeable and i talked about this in terms of like hawkeye and the costumes and and, and wanda and the costumes and everything at the end we got to see him design his newest costume because he no longer has the stark tech to work with and in its place we get a costume that mimics the classic steve dicko design as a new chapter of spider-man begins and that's why you know i mentioned earlier about like how that ign article they kind of pointed out that it looks like the visual of the characters in this next phase they look like they're going to try to be directly from the comic and that's going to be an interesting thing to do i mean i i i got i can't wait to watch this movie again to see that part because they kind of glimpse it, it was kind of like he was just flying you know swinging all over the place um but we didn't get this it looks absolutely like it but it was like a really shiny blue material that he was using whatever uh so i you know i'm looking forward to seeing what what is he gonna do so unfortunately he didn't, he no longer has the stark tech outfits which i absolutely love but it's gonna be awesome i, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen i mean there's also i mean he could you never know it, it just this could change things um in the comics too he also had his own parker industries as well i mean so they can work on that storyline he could possibly work his way to the top and do something like that uh, anything can happen here. Anything at this point can happen. I'm looking forward to what they're going to see, but I, I think I predict that Mr. Negative is coming. I, I, I really predict that if Feast is there, he's there. So, all right, let's talk about the cast performances real quick. I'll do some main ones. Tom Holland. He's, he proved once again, how awesome of a Spider-Man he is. And he probably is the ultimate Spider-Man at this point. He literally is the ultimate Spider-Man at this point. Um, he really knocked out the park everything he knows how to carry his emotions when it needs to especially during death scenes and whatnot uh i thought he did tremendous here zendaya felt a little bit more mature uh, a little bit more outgoing this time around with um her mj character as well and uh i just absolutely love it benedict coming back you know he's, dude it's just awesome and he 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 really is I, I hate to see the next person who's going to be Doctor Strange in the years to come because they got some heavy shoes to fill with him in here. Jacob uh, Batalin, I was really hoping that his character was going to become one, uh, learn to become a sorcerer, but now he doesn't remember anything that he's done. So I don't know where that's going to lead. And there was also a, a little bit of a joke in here because he kind of, and I don't know where this is, I don't know if this was a joke or a hint, but. There was all this talk on the internet about Ned becoming the Hobgoblin. They kind of played a little bit on that when um, Ned asked Andrew and Toby whether those guys had, you know, friends in their own universe. Uh, Andrew said no. Toby said yes, but he tried to kill him. And that kind of worried Ned a bit. And he went to he went to Peter his Peter and said, look, I'm telling you, I'm here for you and I will never turn on you. Now we got the situation where they don't remember who's what. And this could turn ugly. This, the, the cause and effect of, you know, Tom Holland now wiping everybody's memory could really play a factor here. So we'll see. 
John Favreau returns as Happy Hogan. I was really happy to see him because it's always happy. It's, al it's always great to see, you know, John Favreau, the guy who really should be responsible, should get all the credit in the world for everything that is Marvel Studios, not the not the success of comic book movies itself. That still goes to uh, Wesley Snipes because he was the one that really showed and proved that everything that we can do this. Blade was one of the first successful legit successful uh comic book films out there that started everything that's happened now but it was john favreau who came out with iron man one and and just you know kicked the gears for marvel studios to what it is now so it was always great to have him back here but i was really taken back um by one it was a lot of he had a lot of ranges of things going on one he was really kind of hot on um the, uh, the fling that he had with um may and he was really kind of struck like may gets everybody caught up in here but also when he when when may died and he saw that he died uh, that she died and then with he ended up at the funeral at the uh memorial funeral at the tombstone of may talking with peter who unfortunately because of the spell that dr strange put on him he does not recognize him or know but yet he did acknowledge that he knew may through spider-man which is an interesting thing it was just sad but they they did that very well it was really beautifully told john Favreau did a tremendous job i don't know where he if we're going to see him again after this or whatnot but we'll see um jamie fox back as mac uh, max dylan aka electro this version of Electro, I love so much better. And they even acknowledge how much better this version is in the movie, too. Um, I never liked this Max Dillon on there, but I loved this Max Dillon here because he wasn't that same goofball looking dude on there. He was a much better looking one. I like the fact that they used the um, that he used the, the Stark arc reactor to power himself up and made so much sense in the world. I also like the fact that his face kind of sparked a star, an electrical star like his face, like he did before. Um, he was even more awesome than he was in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 in here. But seriously, two people in here who I absolutely love and I consider the greatest Spider-Man villains ever in film, William Dafoe, back as Norman Osborn. And I also like the fact that there was a scene in in um when they first when we first saw William Dafoe, he was still, you know, in between two personalities. And he was doing the same thing the Shakespearean-esque type of performance that he did on Spider-Man 1, where he's looking at himself in the mirror and talking to himself. They did the same thing when he was in the alleyway and he was look he was looking at the the um the the helmet that he used, the, the Green Goblin helmet. And it was I this is why I love William Dafoe. He's just it was so Shakespearean like. I, I so enjoyed that. And he did it again. It, it's one of my all-time favorite scenes in Spider-Man 1 when him when he did that. Um, you can't tell me nothing about that scene. That scene was dope. <laughs> but then we had Spider-Man 2, which had Alfred Molina in there as well as Dr. Otto Octavius also was one of my favorite villains. And to see him come back to reprise, both of them come back to reprise their role because they did so well in the first two movies was fantastic. Um, man, it was just really cool. Um, we got to see Wong, ben, uh, Benedict Wong in there for a short stint. Flash Thompson, Tony Revo, uh, Revolori, I thought was hilarious because as soon as he found out that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, he changed his whole entire tune and the way he you know, treated him. But also the really awesome thing about this was that he 
bleached his hair blonde so now he kind of looks like the actual flash thompson i thought that was hilarious and oh it was absolutely fantastic when he showed him too and we got oscar award-winning actor marissa tomei probably the best role that she's done in the spider-man series to date um honestly she did a tremendous job here and that death scene was phenomenal um because they had us going back and forth to see whether she was actually dead or not and she was still joking around and all the stuff but then she went down and it was like it was it reminded me of tom holland when he died in endgame it was it had that same depth and emotion to it and it was awesome it was absolutely awesome uh hannibal barris actually comes back as coach wilson i loved when he came back as him uh, as well because he was just he was a conspiracy theorist against parker it was really awesome jp smooth also made an appearance um martin star as well all three of them was just funny jk simmons does what he does best as uh <laughs> as uh j jonah jameson and to get j jonah jameson in full here gives you the entire spider-man experience in this movie as well um another person that we didn't talk about but they never really mentioned here that you know we kind of saw him in the, in, the, in the commercial but we never really fully saw him um and knew how much of a role he was going to play here but thomas hayden church returns as sandman which was fantastic because i thought he was put in the he was his character in spider-man 3 was put in the backdrop because i thought he did a great job he looked apart he acted apart he felt apart and and again here again because he's always an in-between he's a, he's a gray character he i, I say a gray character he's a character that pretty much you know he he does good at times he does things for the sake of his daughter but also he's willing to do bad things as well he's just caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time and that was the situation with him and this was one of those things i've read plenty of sinister six comics where he's torn between helping doc ock or trying to you know work with spider-man and all the stuff and this is just one of those situations so i that was the that was the situation here and i thought he played very well to this in addition like i said you had practically the entire sinister six in this movie everybody but the vulture uh or mr negative or venom well technically we didn't have venom <laughs> here because we knew venom was going to be here some form or fashion but you know lo and behold he wasn't fully in the story but he was in the end credits which we'll definitely talk about right now so the first end credit scene which is like mid love mid uh credit actually is more like a trailer and it was the doctor strange multiverse of madness trailer and we see him meeting with wanda maximoff for help and she thinks that he's gonna you know you know reprimand her uh him uh her about the situation in wandavision and he's like dude we got some bigger problems than that and we see all these different scenes and we see other uh villains like we see uh and characters like shuma goroff which we kind of seen hints of that in marvel's what if as well so we got to see him and and by the way the events that happen in marvel what if is canon because they're doing exactly kind of what Star Wars is doing. Like whenever something's on a comic book or something's in an animated show, show or whatever, it all is connected to the actual same universe. They did the same thing here. 
we also get to see American Chavez, who will be making an appearance. You saw the, um, the we saw, I, we get to see her face a little bit, but we also see the jacket that she wears and all the stuff. And for those who don't know American Chavez, she is a character from the Ultimate Universe. And she has the ability of, I believe, portaling to different universes at will and jumping different to different dimensions and, and worlds or whatever. So she has that ability alone along with that. So we're going to see her in the multiverse of madness in there. We see Baron Mordo, who I think will be a big part of this as well. And we got to see that dark version of Dr. Strange that we saw in what if, so this is going to, that this, this movie is going to be literally madness. <laughs> okay. And I believe it's possible. Spider-Man may be making an appearance in that movie too. I think that was one of the, uh, the ideas. So what I heard, and what I've read, um, uh, thanks to my man, Burhan, um, who showed an article from Deadline where they talked to Kevin Feige about how things are going to be now that this saga is over. And he said, you know, to keep people from having the, the situation, uh, the separation anxiety that we had when it was announced that Peter was no longer going to be a part of the MCU, which he is not lying there was a separation anxiety towards that situation. I remember when they first announced it because it was in 2019. I remember it vividly because it was 2019. It was just days away before Tom Holland was to appear in Philadelphia at Keystone Comic Con, the same Keystone Comic Con that I did my live panels with the cast of Overwatch. And he's the biggest attraction of this event. And they just announced that Peter Parker was no longer going to be associated with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is before we even knew there was going to be a part three, that that part three was going to be made. And it was, it crushed so many people. And thanks to him, he still attended. He still came. It was, it was bittersweet, but he made it entertaining enough and made people feel better about what was happening and, and assured us that everything's going to be okay. And it ended up, it was okay. But his appearance was so great. And I credit Tom Holland to this, and I will always be a fan of Tom Holland. I Maybe someday I'll be able to thank him and meet him. But I think Tom Holland played a factor in the momentum that ended up being my panel with the cast of Overwatch because that panel was the second biggest panel aside from Tom Holland. It was over roughly about like 300 or more people at my event and I think it, the the fact that everybody was so cheerful and helpful you know and, and and happy because of the Tom Holland appearance there was like thousands of people in that panel and some of them migrated over to um our panel which all the damn seats were damn near full in my panel loved it and I got it I was able to you know keep the hype going with that and thank you <laughs> Tom Tom Holland for that, man. Uh, but it, it really crushed us. Uh, but and in time went by, we noticed that they, we started realizing what they were going to do. And I'm glad that everything worked out. But uh, Kevin Feige claims that they're going to be working alongside uh, Amy Pascal and Sony to work together to see where they're going to go with the Spider-Man move, the next you know trilogy of Spider-Man movies and how they're going to factor in with the MCU. Because if you watch the end of the movie, he's not gone. He had, I, th I thought the, I swore down that the idea was that he was going to somehow transport over to the Sony universe. No, in fact, they are going to, in fact, 
keep him in the MCU. He it, there's some different things happening, but it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. But, you know, the multiverse of madness is going to be insane. The second at the very end, uh, the end credit at the very end, we see Venom, uh, Tom Hardy and Venom or Eddie Brock and Venom are in Mexico. We see Eddie Brock talking to a bartender who tries to explain to him the events that happened in the last five years. Cause he just, he was, he was also one of those anomalies that from a, from another universe that came in and they're trying, he's Eddie Brock is trying to really comprehend all this crap that was going on with Thanos and all this stuff. And the bartender is getting mad because this, he said his family disappeared for five years and everything. And they just decided like Eddie decided that he had to find Peter Parker to get some more answers from him. When suddenly all of a sudden he disappears without even paying a tab, but he leaves a tip and not a good one because it was a it was in the form of a symbiote a symbiotic trail of the dna of venom that was left on the counter in the mcu which means somebody is going to be getting uh the symbiote in this universe and there's going to be a new venom saga coming soon so we will see this is going to be interesting how this traces and how they're going to do that so we got that venom aspect coming and then also there's a possibility that, you know, Mr. Negative is coming as well. And I like that. I'm glad if they get Mr. Negative as a new villain, nobody's ever heard of before. Well, to those who haven't played the Insomniac video game or, you know, casual fans and whatnot. But I think he's a great character. He's one of the great new uh, modern characters that they've come out with. And um, it's pretty it's going to be awesome. It's going to be pretty dope. So I'm looking forward to that. But overall, without question, this is the Ultimate Spider-Man movie. This movie killed the debate over which version is better because this movie made it so we can appreciate and enjoy it all on top of that marvel studios reawakened our fandom for daredevil uh in, in the netflix series by uh, bringing back matt murdoch and wilson fisk into the mcu uh and now doing fan you know doing what fans have been waiting for since 2018 this movie to me is the Jedi, is Jedi level and it deserves all of the praise and box office earnings that it's received. And for that, I give this an A plus. I, I, sh this gets in first time ever a plus plus shout out to my old, uh, art teacher who did that to me as well, but I thought they did a tremendous job. And now, I mean, cause it not only just created a great movie, but it also accomplished much more by giving people a reason to enjoy all of the Spider-Man movies without debate because they all matter. They all matter. Daredevil matters. The entire defenders matter. Now the Punisher matters. Agents of shield. I mean, like they, they stuck to their guns, which means hopefully the runaways and cloak and dagger will matter soon too. So we'll see about all that. But, ah, uh, if you haven't got a chance to see this movie, go and see it next week. Uh, or sometime this week before Matrix comes out or whatever. But like, oh, this movie for a Spider-Man fan, I couldn't be more happier this year. I couldn't be more happier. This was just another addition to some great things that happen in the world that is called ACMG, the world that I have been involved with for so long. And I can't thank you guys enough and for that. That will do it for this episode of talk time live the final episode of the year the 300th episode and i want to thank everybody once again 
for taking the time to listen to the show or to support this show to make me a part of your world in some form or fashion i just want to thank you all it's just been fantastic i cannot thank you enough 2021 i mean since 2018 it's just been phenomenal but 2021 was just bigger and better than ever you know to our listeners to the guests of this show to the great people at repop eddie and and, and uh carmella especially my uh, my, uh, my people's mega ran and k murdoch and of course the man behind the music of this entire show and select start my man dj Cutman. thank you all for just adding another piece of the puzzle that is acmg and talk time live thank you guys thank you i i so blessed i am so absolutely blessed here as i was saying this is the final episode of 2021 we won't be back because christmas is this week as well as uh new year so we're gonna be out for two weeks but we come back and we're gonna talk the best of 2021 which voting will be coming in starting tomorrow our acmg uh members will be able to pick on the best anime comic movie game game system streaming network you know we got a couple extra categories coming in so you know you're going to be a part of that that's all going to be there if you want to be a part of the acmg facebook group and be a part of the voting come to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 that's the actual website address for the group you can easily jump on there and you have to be 18 or older you have to have a legit profile you have to have a profile that is interactive and that is sociable. I don't want any burner accounts on this site. I, I don't. It, the whole point of social media is for you to be social. I get it. You guys want to be introverted and everything, but you got to somehow learn how to stick yourself out there. I don't want to give you a reason to you know hide behind a profile pic and then all of a sudden you can do whatever and take liberties and curse people out and all this. No, we don't want that. We want you to be you and show you on your page. So let's change the way we handle and do social media. Okay. That's all I'm saying, but come on, 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 join the group and absolutely vote for your favorite, whatever that we're going to present to as well. Unfortunately, I won't be here next week to um, review matrix, but I'm going to enjoy matrix. I'm going to look back at all the matrix movies and leading up to, uh, the premiere this week. So we'll see if matrix can, uh, not what the, if the Rachowskis can do with, uh, with, with Spider-Man is done. It's going to be a much anticipated movie too, but it's also going to be seen at home and in theaters. So I don't know if they're going to have that box office heat that Spider-Man did because this is Spider-Man is no doubt the most, the biggest grossing box office of the year and, and just hit a record and beat Endgame. <laughs> okay. So, um, that's, that's speaking a lot. Uh, speaking a lot there so um if you want to while you're while we're going you can still listen to older episodes you can listen to all of our shows and all of our exclusive interviews on talktimelive.com go to our podcast page you can listen to any of the episodes there there's a search engine there you can type in ttl exclusive and you'll be able to find all of our interviews if you want to listen to that if you want to watch any of the shows you could go and click on to ttl exclusive um videos and you'll see all of our video versions well not all of the video versions because not all of the episodes are video but a lot of the video uh versions of our show 
that we did on air, including some other specials too, like the cast of Naruto Q and A, um, the uh, press comic, the Keystone Comic Con press interview with Kevin Conroy that I did, um, uh, lots of different ones, and we got we got people coming in 2021 as well. So I said Baker Rand was coming. I got another guest who's an actor um, who's been in quite a few movies. Uh, not movies, but TV shows. Well, movies too, but um, TV shows that you are familiar with as well. So we'll be having her on as soon. And uh, who knows what's going to happen in 2022. I say it all the time. How the hell am I going to top this? Somehow we figure it out. <laughs> so, so we got that coming along. And then if you want to subscribe, if you like what you hear and you want to subscribe and download every episode on the fly, you could go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, uh, Pandora, Pocket Cast, Newly, Fountain. If you guys are on a Fountain app, you could go there and support our show on there. Uh, you know, they, there's a whole new system and I'm still learning the new things with that on as well. So you could go on there and check that out too. Tumblr, we're still hoping. <laughs> we are still hoping for Tumblr and see hopefully that they'll, you know, get things done in the new year and get this whole thing taken care of as, as far as the web version of everything going on. So hopefully we're there, but there's plenty of places that you can check out the show and enjoy it all. So that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, thank you very much for participating and listening to the 300th episode. This is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of Take care, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to you all. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.